You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. And welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Um, I've been gone, but I'm glad to be back and uh, glad to be able to check in and give you guys an update on some of our recent events and things we've been doing at Strong Towns. So, Wait a Chuck, sec. You, you've been gone? <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably nobody even noticed. <laughs> I noticed. The dutiful Week Ahead podcast listeners. Yeah. No, I noticed. They were sick of me at the end of the uh, the member drive. Did you do like, three solo Rachel? podcasts? Was that what uh, No, one was, a, one was an interview with Paul Fritz, but uh, the other okay. two were solo podcasts, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've had people email me that they uh, the member drive music gets stuck in their head, which is very true. Um, I That's like why that. I use it. Yeah, that was a fun little uh, break from the usual music, so... Yeah, when my kids um, came up with that, like years and years ago, uh, nice. when they back in the Sesame Street days, way beyond that now, like if I brought that up to them now, they would just roll their eyes and say, Dad, that is dumb. Have you, uh, let me ask you a, a, a question about the youth of today. Have you heard of this program called Musically? No. No. See? Okay. So I am, I'm, I'm, I'm more in touch with the youth of today than, than you are even. Um, so musically, and I would have loved this as a kid, it's a program that mashes like, I don't know, eight second, uh, music clips, uh, with, uh, the ability to make videos and you can kind of start and stop and mix. And it's, it's, it's kind of fun actually. And my kids have been doing this all summer with their friends and it's, they just go around making music videos. So I, of course, if my kids are doing it, I got to do it. So, um, I've been on musically now and I can, so I can follow my kids, but I also will like every now and then do the dad music video. And then are they like so embarrassed? Oh yeah. They're like dead. (laughs) Well, my account's private, so I don't share it with anyone except those two. Okay. And there's a dad. This is like, don't, this is really bad dad. And I'm like, I know (laughs) that's why I did it that way. (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, summer fun. Where, where were you anyway? You were gone. Um, yes. First I got married. That was pretty wonderful. Wow. And then got on a plane to go to Spain for honeymoon, which I'm going to write a little bit about for our uh, website this week. Some reflections on the beautiful walkability of the Spanish cities that we were in. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to, to take a break and obviously for an important life event. So very cool. Well, I'm happy you got to do that. And, uh, We'll kind of get back in the swing of it uh, this week a little bit and then full steam next week, right? Yeah, for sure. So you had a bunch of events while I was gone, um, yeah. which I would like to hear about, especially the Atlanta FeeCon. Event. Oh, really? Um, yeah. We haven't, we haven't chatted. I thought we chatted about that one. No? I, I think we talked about it before it happened. Oh. We didn't talk about my cowboy hat in Calgary? No, I oh, gosh. Okay. That. I saw that photo <laughs> on Facebook and was very curious. All right. Well, um, yeah, then uh, let's talk about FeeCon. FeeCon was a blast. And, uh, I mean, it was uh, getting to hang around with people who, um, 
you know, uh, the market urbanism tract was the one I was involved in mm-hmm. and getting to hang around with those, those people, which a lot of fun. A- Emily, uh, was there. I'd interviewed her before. Mm-hmm. Um, John Coppage, uh, you know, there, there were a handful of others. Um, Nolan Gray was he yeah, there? Nolan. Uh, yeah, nice. it was just fun. It was a, it was a really good time and I liked meeting all them and then, you know, we had the like late night, interesting conversations. The, uh, the stuff I used to do at CNU actually <laughs> before CNU got so busy for me, um, you know, the late night existential, uh, conversation, which is like, you know, the most value you get out of something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was fun. Um, I, 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 you know, they, they had, we were kind of a minor part of this larger economics conference. Mm-hmm. And the point of it is to kind of introduce, uh, younger people to market principles. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm all about market principles. So we were, it was kind of nice to see some of them because you had to work to get to our sessions. Um, but a lot of them did and they were pretty well attended and it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I will, I will go back next year. Um, awesome. yeah, yeah. I would just like to attend. It's, it's actually kind of a blast. So what's this cowboy hat story in Calgary, yeah. Alberta? So I went from Atlanta to, uh, Calgary, Alberta, which is, you know, not a, not a quick jaunt. Um, mm-hmm. got to Calgary late at night, got up the next morning and I was the, the keynote speaker for their, uh, planner planners conference. And I, I kind of, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I didn't really know how many people would be there and I didn't really know, like, I, I mean, I knew what I was talking about and I knew I had a, a keynote and then a, a session follow-up session. I didn't realize there'd be over 700 people in attendance um, planners from all over the, the country really. And yeah. yeah, they started out with a band in the morning. Um, like a, like a huge brass band that played. That's fun. Yeah. That played like uptown funk and all, just, it was just like the w- weirdest collection of music from a, a Canadian cowboy, uh, brass band, <clears throat> okay. but it was, it was fun and it got things like really kind of rocking. And I gave up and gave my talk. And at the end of it, they have this kind of, I would call it their chamber of commerce thing. I don't know what exactly it is, but it's like a welcoming committee. Mm-hmm. And they made me an honorary, uh, an honorary citizen of Calgary and gave me a, a cowboy hat. Wow. And I had to yodel a little bit and, and <laughs> uh, yeah, which I was not good at. And simulate roping cattle, which I was good at, um, especially the simulating part. I've never been good at it. In reality, but uh, I'm uh, I did it okay simulating, and people there was all kinds of videos of me on on Twitter doing this, making an ass of myself. But it was kind of fun, and so, it was an honor too. I mean, it was really nice. Yeah. And yeah, the keynote went over real well, and then I had a follow up session, and the follow up session was great. People asked great questions. We had really good conversation. So I felt like that event was super positive. It was. You know, anytime that I go north of the border, we have a lot of readers in Canada. We have a lot yeah. of members in Canada. And every time I go north of the border, I just really, I find a, a, a lot of enthusiasm for our message. And I find that I, my style of communicating and the way that I talk about things just gels really well with the Canadian approach. And so mm-hmm. we tend to have really good conversations. 
So does Calgary have like a Wild West thing going on? Like I thought, I thought cowboy hats were an American thing. Yeah. You know, I, I think someone called Calgary like the Houston of Canada. It's, oh. I mean, it, it, I don't say this in a derogatory way, but, but Calgary is kind of like a cow town in the middle of their like great plains. Um, okay. you know, it's on the edge of the Rockies. Um, it would be equivalent to like our Denver maybe, oh, um, okay. Got it. in terms of like its geography, but you know, obviously further North. And so it's got a Canadian vibe to it. Uh, Cal- Calgary, like downtown Calgary itself has some beautiful parts. I mean, it's just gorgeous. They have a lot of the, you know, North American junk too, that you don't necessarily like to see, but, but, uh, you know, parts of it were really, really fantastic, but yeah, there's a big, um, cattle ranching, uh, farming, uh, and, and really oil, uh, now kind of mindset there. And so, yeah, the cowboy hat thing is, uh, is a deal up there as well. All right. So then last week you were in Utica, New York for a, uh, well, tell me about this event. Yeah. Like there was an agenda behind the event. It wasn't. Oh yeah. A, we like Chuck, so we want him to speak at our conference. Yeah. No, we had a, we had some points to make and it's, it was interesting because I will, I will admit I was a little bit, um, I won't say nervous, but yeah, sometimes people, uh, it, it doesn't happen very often, but occasionally, uh, they want me to come to town and they want me to speak with a certain set of talking points so that they can make a, a case on something. Right. Um, you know, Chuck is going to come here and agree with us. And the thing that gives me a little bit of trepidation on that is that oftentimes I don't like, I, I don't necessarily agree. I, I appreciate the fact that people, you know, love strong towns and, and react very enthusiastically. But sometimes people imprint uh, their own values because they, they find mm-hmm. that, you know, okay, I, I share this in common with strong towns. Therefore, strong towns must agree with, you know, uh, all these other things that I believe in. And it, yeah. it, it just makes it hard. So I get there and I had basically the issue is uh, they're putting, there's a proposal to put a hospital in the core of their downtown, six square blocks. Right. And the, the, the construction would include the demolition of a whole bunch of historic buildings. Mm-hmm. I'm not like a reflexive historic preservationist. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not. I mean, people may want me to be. I think historic buildings serve a purpose, and I, I value that. And, and certainly, I'm not for indiscriminately tearing down historic buildings. Um, but I'm also not like the, 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 it's not like pulling on my heartstrings that yeah. some buildings are getting torn down. So I get there, and I'm just uh, I'm 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 blown away by a, a number of things. Um, the main one being, and we're going to do some follow up with this because I think it's a story that needs to be told. Mm-hmm. The main thing is just how little public engagement there's actually been. And I've gone to upstate New York, I think this is my fifth or sixth trip, and every time I'm amazed by the same thing. It's, I started to call it on this trip the Tammany Hall kind of syndrome. Um, and let me explain it like this. If you go out to the West Coast, public engagement is so overwhelming that they actually have empowered NIMBYs to the point of dysfunction, right? Like you can hardly put in like a curb cut in a sidewalk without having a neighborhood meeting to discuss the implications. Mm -hmm. And you know, they, they basically like meet themselves to death. 
Yeah. You come here to Minnesota, you know, in the middle of the country, there's a little bit of that. And sometimes we get hung up in it, but we also have like decision-making processes and, you know, we've imposed like decision deadlines on ourselves. And, and there's a certain, I, I actually think, and this is not to say Minnesota is the greatest, but I actually think in the Midwest in general, we do a fairly good job of balancing these two extremes, the top down, uh, you know, here's what we're going to do and the bottom up, let's meet and, and, you know, neighborhood chat this to death. You go out into in New York, especially upstate New York, New Jersey has this feel to it as well. Um, parts of Pennsylvania are very much this way. There is a, a notion that these big things are hatched in a smoke filled room somewhere. And maybe it's, uh, you know, vape smoke now, not uh, cigar <laughs> smoke, but whatever. Yeah. Th there's people off deciding this somewhere else. And then it's just imposed on you. Hmm. So in this case, uh, there are two hospitals out on the interstate, out on the, the edge of town that, of course, were built with massive subsidies years ago. Uh, there's a desire now, and I kept asking by who, where, and the closest I could get would be Albany or the governor's office, but it was really kind of murky. Um, there's, a, there's a desire to have a hospital now located in the downtown of Albany. And the state has allocated hundreds of millions of dollars to make this happen. There have been no public meetings. There have been no public hearings. Uh, there have wow. been, none, yeah, none of the, con, you know, there's, in this part of the downtown, there are viable businesses. There are people that employ lots of people. Yeah, there's some blight and some stuff that's run down. But all around it, the places are growing and are rejuvenating themselves. This place really has this kind of sort of Damocles over it, kind of keeping it down, you know, because any day, why invest in your building or your business? Any day, we're just going to come in an eminent domain and take all this. Similar to the issue in Shreveport with the highway coming through. It's and we very talked much. At, yeah. yeah, like activists who wanted to build homes and things in that neighborhood. And it was like, well, nobody wants to support this because they might just get knocked down. It, it had a lot of that feel. It's kind of a, it's kind of a self-fulfilling, you know, prophecy. You say, well, this is blight and needs to be torn down. And then the state's going to come in and do, make that happen. And so it just becomes more blighted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have this and the, the hospital, I mean, I saw some of the plans for the hospital. It's a huge suburban campus in the middle of downtown. Mm -hmm. um, the saddest part is that the neighborhoods around it are really starting to come back in a funky, cool kind of first wave kind of way. Like they have a, a beautiful uh, transit stop that takes you on an Amtrak to New York city. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like the gorgeous marble columns. It, the, every, they have all the ingredients there for a, a a huge turnaround and mm -hmm. a, 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 like just a massive kind of reincarnation of themselves. They have every little piece that every other city struggles and wants to have. And their proposal is to get a whole bunch of money from the state, uh, close these two camp, you know, mothball these two campuses out on the edge, consolidate into one huge six block, like, you know, vortex in the middle of town and yeah. basically put a, put a dagger through the heart of it. And, you know, this is coming from someone who was skeptical going there. Like I, I didn't know as I would be necessarily against this. This is a terrible project. It, it's a, it is a 
terribly conceived, terribly delivered project. And, and I, I want to take some of our time here at Strong Towns over the, then the coming months to, to peel some of the layers off of it because it is really bizarre. Well, I'm looking forward to diving into that more. Um, how long do we have until you know they start breaking ground and it's a done deal? Well, a- according to according to like the the local officials, like the, I think it was the county administrator. It was someone in a position to decide things. Um, yeah. he said it's a done deal. Like, oh, stop okay. bothering to to fight this. This is a done deal. Um, the state in 2015 allocated, I want to say it was $300 million. It was a huge sum of money oh my gosh. Uh, to make this happen. Um, but none of the eminent domain has happened. Uh, none of the condemnation has happened. There's still like a very rigorous debate going on. Okay. And it doesn't, I mean, if you ask me, like, if they started today, when would this happen? I, I can't see it happening in the next two years. I got to tell you what else happened on this trip. Yes. Because Joe Minicosi was here too. Yeah, that's and, what I was going to ask about. How did that go? Yeah, you, you may not know this, but Joe is from a, a city called Rome, which is right next door to Utica. Oh, okay. So, yeah, when we finished up in Utica, we had half a day, basically. Or we actually had like three hours. Uh, we got to spend in Rome. Uh, not only if I, did I get to see Joe's mom, I've met Joe's mom before. Um, she was in Florida once when I was speaking and, and I got to chat with her, but got to see, you know, her place and, and the street where Joe grew up and Joe's house where he grew up and the air force base that's there and the downtown. And we, we even walked through the museum there and saw what things looked like before urban renewal. And then we walked the urban renewal site, the huge fort in the middle of town that just is this dead zone uh, mm. that they created, um, as a way to save the community. The, the, it, it was really um, for a guy that I really love and just like really care about a lot and have spent a ton of time with to get to walk in his shoes and, and see, you know, where he lived, where he grew up, where, where they used to hang out in high school, the church he went to. It just gave a, a lot of depth and context to a, a person that I've you know gotten to know really well. So it's probably mm-hmm. the highlight of uh, the highlight for me uh, of of the last few weeks was getting a chance to do that with him. Nice. I don't know if you saw the uh, the picture of him on Facebook on top of the, uh, the the I can't remember what kind of missile it was, but the um, the little uh, air to surface missile thing. Did you see that? No, I don't think so. So there's an Air Force base there in Rome. And one of the things they, they have is they have a – I think it's a B-52. They have a huge uh, bomber aircraft just sitting there that you can go walk up to and look at. It's really impressive. It's pretty amazing. Um, and right next to it, they have a miss. I think it's a Minuteman missile, but I, I could be wrong about that. Um, and, you know, we're there and we're looking at this stuff, and it's it's really impressive. It's It's kind of fascinating. And Joe decides he wants to do his Dr. Strangelove imitation, so he jumps up on top of the missile. It <laughs> uh, takes his hat off like he's riding it down. Have you ever seen Dr. Strangelove? I have not. Okay. At the end of it, there's this scene where the, the very, like, warmonger general uh, rides the missile down, uh, you know, to start the war. And mm-hmm. he's riding on it like a cowboy. And so <laughs> Joe had to do uh, his impression of the end of Dr. Strangelove, which was fantastic. Joe is a, nice. Joe is a comic essence, which um, <laughs> I find hilarious. So 
you get a break from events for a while, thankfully. Um, I do. So we'll be we'll check in about those uh, upcoming events later. But um, for now, I wanted to ask about the membership drive a little bit, and just to say thank you to everyone who became a member during the drive. We had a ton of people that joined us, that renewed, that became sustaining members when previously they had just been annual donors. So. Thank you to all those people. There are far too many to list on this podcast like I usually do, but um, we really appreciate that. And those have continued to come in after the drive finished. So very Sounds much like so. You guys did, did a good job of putting it all together and making the case that uh, Strong Towns is worth supporting. Yeah, I, I, I really, I mean, I appreciate the work you did before you left, which was you know, every day I'm like, oh my gosh, she did this before she left. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was amazing and overwhelming. And in fact, I have a, a, a list here of like 20 people I still need to follow up with. I, I I took the the entire weekend this weekend and Friday night, Saturday night and last night uh, just tried to get through emails. I have a backlog of over it was over 500 emails when I got back from Utica. Oh, gosh. And yeah. And I'm just I'm just de- I'm really trying to get through them because I, I, I want to respond to people. I want to get back to people. Um and, uh, you know, I, 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 it really bothers me when people have a question or, or have a f- bit of feedback or a statement. And so I've sent you some of those to see, you can see there's a lot of people with a lot of enthusiasm for what we're doing and just extremely grateful, you know, all, all the people that, that step up and help us give us the ability to, to, to not only do this, but to do it with increasing effectiveness. And so it matters. And yeah, I appreciate everybody who uh, decided to become a member in the last month. It, it means a lot. And you can still decide to become a member any other day of the year. So you please can. do <laughs> if you didn't get a chance during We're the We're a 24-7, 365 day a year uh, member organization. So please. So what have you been reading over the last couple of weeks? Um, it's been a while since we talked about your reading list. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I got the uh, happiness hypothesis from Jonathan Haidt. Hmm. Um, it was a book he wrote before The Righteous Mind. And The Righteous Mind I, I did at, towards the end of last year. But uh, The Happiness Hypothesis is one I, I kind of put off. And I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm interested in this. I'm going to... I'm going to give it a try. And, oh, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I, I'm actually going to, I think I got it on audible. I think I'm going to listen to the whole thing again. Um, cool. yeah, it was one of these, you know, the, the, uh, early on, he actually talked about, um, meditation and the, you know, the value of meditation. And one of the things that I've, I've wanted to do, um, now that we live in the neighborhood that we live in and my church is actually four blocks away, um, in the mornings, they do the the rosary uh, for you know ten fifteen minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've, I, it, I'm not a morning person. Like I'm very much work till two in the morning, and then in the summer no. I'll sleep really? three or nine. You're yeah, I'm not a morning <laughs> person. They do this at like seven thirty in the morning. So it's not with the school year. I I couldn't do it because I had to bring the girls to school when I'm home. Um, it, in the summer, I've just been like, oh my gosh, I I can't get up at. <laughs> You know, that early, I'm just going to bed. Um, yeah. But it, it, it reminded, you know, years ago, uh, I actually, um, I did that for a long time here. And I just found that it it made my days really nice. It focused my brain. 
in a way that, uh, that I found very, very helpful. And, you know, you don't have to go and do it at church to meditate. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, meditation is not even a Catholic thing. It's a, it's an Eastern thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways, it's a universal thing. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of different ways to do it and go about it. That's the one that I found works for me, but, uh, it kind of prompted me to, okay, get off, you know, maybe you need to uh, change your schedule around and, uh, and, and get back into this. Cause it made a very compelling case that just having that time, uh, where your brain is free from, you know, the thinking really, and, and allowing just thoughts to pour in instead of, uh, trying to get them, you know, the other direction. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think it, it was very helpful. I did a couple, um, Jack Reacher novels just when I was traveling. I told, you know, I'm, I'm like, so I, I really enjoy them as like a, uh, when I'm, I'm not in the mood to think real hard. They're just mm-hmm. fun. And then, uh, I've been reading animal farm too. I, I heard an interview oh. with a guy who wrote, I think it was econ talk. He wrote a book about Churchill and Orwell. And they kept bringing up Animal Farm. And I thought, you know, I've never read it. And I, I have this thing where I read like a classic book every year. And mm. I hadn't really picked out one for this year. And I thought, uh, let me just give Animal Farm a try. And it's been, a, it's been pretty fun so far. So we'll see. Now, did you, uh, did you do any reading on your trip? Yeah, um, we didn't bring our computers. So that was nice. So yeah, it was a lot of um, reading, you know, at night and on the trains. So, yeah. um, we brought a bunch of magazines cause those are easy to like discard the Atlantic. Right. Right. But, um, I picked up a book beforehand that is written by one of my favorite chefs and cookbook authors. Her name's Amy Thielen and she's from Northern Minnesota and she like spent a lot of time in this you know, no electricity, no uh, running water, little cabin in the woods in northern Minnesota. Um, and then has also worked in like New York City's top restaurants. So it was just an interesting book about cooking and like the history of home cooking versus um, yeah. chef cooking. So as which, as which one was it? The, the I, I found it interesting. The new Midwestern table, that one? Um, that is her cookbook. Oh, that's a amazing. cookbook. Is it but, the give um, a girl a knife one? Yes. It's like, it's a memorial for life. So yeah, yeah, that was a fun read. And I don't know. I I like books about Minnesota and the Midwest because it, it, you know, it pulls at my heartstrings because that is yeah. where I'm from. It's always fun to uh, have a, a really good book when you're traveling um, and be able to associate a, a trip with a book. Um, yeah. I will, I, I will, um, it, it was a uh, Grisham book. And, um, I can't think of the name of it. Have you ever read any Grisham? I the, don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name of this book, but people who are listening who have read Grisham will, will remember it's the, it's the one where the guy, um, like fakes his own death and then they find him in Brazil and bring him back and charge him with this murder. And the whole thing is, uh, Hmm. Is a is a story about that. And I sat at the, I, I, I was so into this book. It was really good. Um, I was alone by myself in Italy and I sat at the, ba- at the base of the tower of Pisa, mm-hmm. uh, and read this book until they kicked me out. It was like mm-hmm. 10 or 11 at night when they closed it and they kicked me out. So I sat there with the light that shines upon the tower. Um, and I'll forever like associate Pisa with this really kind of interesting, uh, you know, uh, thriller book. 
um, for that reason. Yeah. So books and travel just go together, right? Definitely. What are you doing uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow is the 4th of July. Tomorrow what are is your the plans? 4th of July. It is also my birthday. So. Yeah. Happy birthday. I know. Thank you. Um, I'm just going over to some friend's house and cooking burgers. I'll probably bake a layer cake since I love to bake. And I know it's weird to bake your own birthday cake, but I don't get to bake fancy cakes very often. So <laughs> using this as an excuse. Well, you um, can bake a cake for the birth of the nation. And then, yes. you know, we can Definitely. also celebrate your birthday along with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have our big, huge fireworks display over Lake Michigan that, that goes on tonight. So I'll probably walk over and watch that. It's one of these things where people drive in from all over the place and stake out their spot at like 6 a.m. Uh, and parking is horrible. But I have the privilege of living like a 10-minute walk from where it's going to be. So I'll just walk over and watch it. Yeah. Cool. What are you we guys our, doing for the 4th? This is, is going to be our first 4th of July in our new home yeah um which is with which is where we used to park uh, basically in this neighborhood to walk and go see the fireworks and oh, so okay. now we just can walk to the parade and walk to the fireworks and uh it's fantastic we're i think gonna have a handful of people over between the parade and the fireworks uh for a little barbecue and then go go watch the fireworks tomorrow night um the girls cool. love it uh the 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 dogs not so much Oh um, yeah. Yeah. But Avalanche is completely deaf now. So he doesn't, it doesn't bother him. <laughs> and Koshka is 15 and been through <laughs> enough of these where she'll just go like hide in the garage and she'll be okay. It won't be too bad, but we'll be closer than we had before. So I don't know. We'll have to have to give her some extra attention tomorrow. Well, to everyone listening, uh, happy independence day. And we hope you have uh, a nice day with your families and friends um, and we will be, uh, this week's of content is going to be a little light just in, because we know that everyone's taking off and stuff like that. But next week we'll be back to the regular schedule, I think of, of podcasts and content on our website. Absolutely. Thanks everybody. Yeah. Take care. Have a great week. We need your help. If you think the strong town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.